You're listening to Free to Be, a conversation to help you discover, accept, love, and express your authenticity so you can fully experience the freedom to be you. I'm your host, Luca Petrucci, and welcome to this safe and affirming space. There's a reason you're here today, and I'm excited for you to bring light to it. I hope this episode meets you where you're at and supports you right now. Hello and welcome back to Free to Be. I'm your host, Luca Petrucci. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm freaking excited you're here today. This conversation is one that I always knew was going to follow the one I had with Josie last week about my coming out story. These two episodes are like sisters. (laughs) Growing up Christian, I was taught that being gay is wrong through verbal and nonverbal actions. For decades, I thought being gay was a sin. And if I chose to pursue this deep knowing, I would let God and my family down and go to hell. And I really believed this at a subconscious and conscious level. Like, I so don't believe it now, but for so many freaking years, I did. Will I be okay if I go against the right way of living, of being? Would I disappoint my family and lose their love? Will I be rejected by my whole family and community if I choose to pursue this truth? If I choose my authenticity, would I be hurt or in danger? Why do I feel so different? I see no representation around me. How do I know I'll be safe if I express myself? These are common thoughts that people part of the LGBTQIA plus community process internally for years and years and many for decades before sharing their truth with others and coming out, especially those at the intersection of being queer and growing up Christian. In June, 2021, I felt really alone and sad. I knew I was queer and believed in God, and it was getting really difficult holding that possibility without anyone around me believing and pursuing the same. I had only met two people up until this point in my 28 years of life who lived at this intersection. After decades of praying, patience, and wandering, I finally found hundreds of people like me in July 2021. I found the most inclusive church and community of quote-unquote outsiders that were waiting for me with open arms and unconditional love and never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that there would be an affirming church with so many queer humans showing up fully as themselves. This church is called New Abbey. It's located in Southern California in Glendale. 
This was when my path crossed with two of the most beautiful souls I've ever met, Jenna Kim and Tristan Cabral. In this episode, the two of them and I have the most heart-opening and vulnerable conversation about navigating the unknown and family relationships as queer Christians with an evolving concept of and relationship to faith. It's the longest podcast conversation I've ever had and one of the most impactful. Every part of it is so intentional and necessary to share. If you aren't able to listen to the whole two hours in one sitting, split it up one hour today and one hour tomorrow or next week. It's worth a full listen. Just trust me on this. We talk about how challenging it was to grow up seeing zero representation of people who are like us and how we bravely had to be the examples we wish we saw around us and create a life for ourselves as queer humans of faith in the unknown. Jenna and Tristan openly share the pressures they faced and still face of feeling like they need to be quote-unquote perfect as the oldest children in Asian households of faith. We also dive into why it was so damn hard for us to come out to our parents. In the last 20 minutes of this conversation, we share ways you can become a better actionable ally to the LGBTQIA community. The three of us are just trying to figure the damn thing out still. How do we show up as ourselves in all facets of our life, especially around our families and communities who have known a past version of ourselves before we were outwardly queer? Jenna is proudly Korean American. She's the oldest of four girls and the daughter of a pastor. Jenna works as a production supervisor at Disney. Tristan is a first generation Filipino American working as a storyboard artist at Nickelodeon. He is very proud of his identity as a Filipino immigrant storyteller and dreams to one day be a director on a cartoon that heavily focuses on cultural intersections. I hold that possibility for him. Mm, I see it. Now, this is a trigger warning. We do talk about suicide in this episode. If you're struggling right now, please know that you are so freaking loved and the world is more magical and vibrant with you in it. If you need direct support, please call the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. This lifeline provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the United States. I hope this conversation reminds you that you are not alone. And there are people and communities that will love you deeply 
for the thing about you that makes you feel like an outcast? Oh my goodness. I am just so at peace and enjoy being with two of my amazing friends, Tristan and Jenna. We met almost a year ago. We met almost a year ago in Los Angeles. Um, Each of us were just looking for a community that met at our intersection of being queer and still having faith in God and really discovering what that means. And we found each other and it's just been such a a beautiful, transformative um, friendship. And before I just have have you hear from them, both of you, I want to read something to you um, that really represents who each of you are to me. And it, it it represents how you've really helped me heal from so many things. So can I read you mm. something? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I may have sent it to you before and you may have read it on your own. So this will be hearing it again. And yeah. So this is from a book. I'm showing uh, them. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's 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 one of our um, favorite authors, um, Jedediah Jenkins, like streams to the ocean. It can be hard to tell the difference between an outcast and a pioneer. What if you're meant to be the example you needed? What if God gave you your personality, your unique skill set, to equip you to walk into the wilderness? And show that it can be done. Just because you don't have a roadmap doesn't mean you aren't meant to walk in the direction of your convictions. Look at your gifts, your skills. You may be a pioneer. A friend once told me most people are unhappy with their life. They're stuck in a situation that isn't what they hoped for. But they don't see a way out. And they don't see examples of freedom. That is it. We need models. We need examples of a way out. Some of those lone wanderers in the desert are not outcasts. They're pioneers. They become the way out, first for themselves and then for others. This goes for all manners of living, of the job you want, of the community you need, of the project you fear to start. We are waiting for permission, for examples. But what if you're the example? Last paragraph right here. My views on how to feel safe in this world have expanded exponentially. For me, I kept opening doors with trembling hands and fists up, ready for a fight. But the more I've done this and found smiling faces behind the door, aka both of you, the safer I felt in the endless halls of my constantly changing life. Last couple sentences. And the wildest thing, this is just reigns so true. What what, what you represent to me. When you think no one is modeling what you need and you dare to step into that for yourself, you find the room crowded with comrades, with bright Mm. eyes and high fives. And you too, it's the best feeling in the world. The feeling of God saying, ha, my love, you thought I was so small. 
Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's exactly wow. it. Wow. Thank you. I mean, yeah, that's honestly the exact same thing that, that I feel towards you all and our friends. Like it's, it's the most beautiful, like profound experience that like I didn't even dare to imagine possible or had no concept for being able to picture before. And yeah, it's really the sweetest thing. Like it just, it makes life feel so full and sweet and mm-hmm. yeah, so thankful. Yeah. To have, to have friends who have, pioneered or helped pioneer a path for themselves and their family and all like understand that pioneer life. I think that's so special to have friends who all have walked that path. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. That's the terrifying part of it all in the beginning where like when you haven't had examples you know, of someone similar to you, like the great fear is, will I be okay? Like I have no reference point for like who to look to as an example or role model um, to know that if I can be like them, I'll be okay. Or I can still be a person committed to these values. Like I think, especially when you grow up like in a conservative religious environment, you're told these stories about the kinds of people that are like this. And you're like, well, I don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's such a revelation to like step into that unknown, like alone. And then just exactly like, you know, the quote says to find, oh, like other people are doing this too. I'm not crazy. You know, it's such a relief. It's such a, a, it's a really good feeling. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. To all that. It's, it's, it's so true. And it's, I mean, that's, that's why I just appreciate you both and appreciate how each of us knew what was honest, true, and Mm. real about our human experience. And first off said yes to that. And then courageously stepped in a new space of like, maybe there are other people here that are like me. And that was, that's sort of for me. I'm like, you know, it felt like the first day of school when I stopped into, when I, when I, when I walked into new Abbey in Pasadena, the, the church that we all go to. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, I, I I know that that this place has similar values mm. to me from what friends have said, seeing online, you know, I see other queer people and I see people that are deconstructing their Christian beliefs. Um, but yeah, it's just so cool to know that like that was all our sort of experience walking into the doors of New Abbey for the first time yeah. and how it's like when you say yes to your honesty and your truth um, and surround yourself with, with others, like healing and, and, and yeah. it happens. And I think there's a power to the communal sigh when you see other people sigh about the same things that you thought only you did. When you see other people um celebrate or cry, weep, or um, just find joy in the things that you thought only you did. Um, I saw that in both of you. I saw that in our friend group. I saw that in you, Abby, being like, I thought I was the only one who held these truths, these experiences, but then the moment became um, individual to communal, it just became richer. 
you're making me think of, gosh, I just, so a core value of mine is possibility. And I just love seeing, seeing my future and just, just like holding this hope. And I remember last June, I did a, I did a social post about this and it's just coming up right now. And I've, I've wrote about it a lot. Like I just held this possibility that like, I know a truth of mine is that I'm queer mm. and I know that I, I believe in something bigger than myself. I believe, I, you know, believe in God. I, 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 I have, I, I just knew that. And like, I'm like, okay, I know one day I'm going to find these people, you know? And I just felt like so freaking lonely. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is really hard to just hold this intersection that's been like told like you you could be gay, but you can't be a Christian or you can be Christian. You can't be gay. Like I was told that time and time and time and time again. And just like being so freaking lonely and like, oh my gosh, Jesus, God, is there like, is this, can this even be true for other people? And it's like what I'm learning in my life is, is like Florence, the machine says, you know, it's always the darkest before the dawn. I felt so dark last mm. June and I was, I was just like anxious and, and, and thinking it was work and realizing that it was like that belonging piece, that belonging piece that was missing for, from two truths. Do you, do, have you had a, have you had a similar experience or like what 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 was your your experience um, around that? I think for me, I mean, I, yeah, I resonate with so much of that. Just um, that feeling of the darkness and of the isolation, and um, yeah, just like not knowing how to navigate, how to move forward, like how to like build a life for yourself that feels worth living. And I think it was a couple of mm. steps for me. Like, I think given my situation, step number one was just surviving first. Like I couldn't even think past that. It was just, how do I get through each day? How do I figure out like a sustainable way to navigate um, the particulars of my situation, which were mm. um, being, you know, like the oldest child, being a pastor's kid, um, being a late bloomer, like coming out to myself very late in life and just being like, I don't see any future for myself. That looks like one that I want, you know, and that can take you to a very dark place. Um, and it's really just kind of one foot in front of the other until you find yourself um, able to start broadening the scope of your imagination for what can be yeah. possible to come back to your, your core value. And I think for me, survival meant getting to the place where I could walk away from that world, from, you know, mm. the kind of church community I had grown up in, which was really, really hard. Cause that was like the mm. whole world. I knew so much of, I mean, it's who formed, it's what formed me. It's uh, it was my entire support system, people I really cared for and still do. Um, and I think finding myself in a position where it was just so hard to sit you know, Sunday after Sunday and just feel so at odds with this world that had given me everything that I have, all my values, all my, my concept of reality and like, you know, what's, what's worth investing your life in. Um, that was like step number one, stepping away from that and being like, I don't know what I'm walking towards, but I just know that continuing here is not sustainable. It's, it feels like it's kind of sucking the life out of me. Right. Um, and I think, it's this, for me, it was this long kind of prolonged darkness stage of just being like, I don't know what's ahead. I just need, 
I know I need to keep on moving forward. And I think similarly to what you were expressing, uh, Luca, about your situation, it's you just have these vague concepts of what you think you're hoping for, but it's just, it gets blown out of the water by what you get to discover, mm. which is something so rich and so beautiful and so real um, mm. in the context of community where, like, I never in my like wildest dreams could have imagined you know, the amazing relationships, friendships I found with all of you, um, even just a couple of years ago, you know, um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, you're just trying to do like the next right thing, the next best thing to kind of keep yourself afloat. And as you continue doing that, you are able to look back and be like, oh, wow, like I've actually come quite a long way. And I'm now like envisioning hopes and dreams that I didn't even know I could envision before. Right. Mm. So, yeah, that's sort of been my experience with that. Mm-hmm. Tristan, I still want to hear from you, but Jenny, you're, 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 you're bringing this out in me and just for listeners, like, so th- this, this new Abbey church, like my experience of it is just like is stepping in and it's like, it, to me, it feels like 70 or 80% queer people. I don't even know if it's that percentage, but there's just so many queer people just, just, just that love God, that, 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 that that are just figuring out what faith means to them, you know? Mm. So that's the community that, that we're a part of that, like same, never in my wildest fucking dreams that mm. I ever think that that existed, like never. And like the, 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 the friend group that, that Jen is talking about, there's like, you know, I don't know, eight or 10 of us that are just queer and, you know, deconstructing our faith. We know that we, we love something bigger than us, God, like whatever we call it, but we're just all like out here, just figuring this out yeah. day by day, like having big conversations with each other. And then also just like dancing our asses off too at a club, <laughs> you know, just like being like 20 and 30 year olds. <laughs> yeah. I, one of my favorite conversations that probably shaped our new Abbey group for me was we went to, I don't think, I don't know if Luca, you were there, but um, it was the first time I met our friend Jomo. And um, we were at a bar with a bunch of us and we were just talking for the first time. We were talking about like lesbian sex. And I was just like, I've never, (laughs) I've just never even like wondered about that (laughs) because I'm not, I'm not lesbian, I'm gay. Um, But I'm just like, wow, like even in a normal setting, like who would I ask to have, like who would ask or who would like dare to have these conversations? We're just kind of like, we just were all curious and we're all very open to be curious with each other because we've had the doors shut for so long. And then now we have people who are just like, yeah, we want to share these stories. We want to share all of these like kind of low key taboo things and we'll, we'll giggle and we'll like have fun or whatever. But um, it was really informative for me. I'd be like, okay, cool. I could trust these people. Mm-hmm. They, just want to explore and be curious while at the same time still navigate um, what it means to be human and what it means to be a human loved by God. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think trust is the operative word for sure. Cause um, whatever the topic, however taboo from, you know, sex to relationships to faith, like all of the questions that formerly felt so like shrouded in shame, like, oh, like you'd, don't ask about that, you know, like, or whether it was like explicitly or implicitly um, 
kind of put out of bounds, uh, it's such a game changer to be like, oh, those things don't have to hold that kind of power. You know, it's like we're just people trying to figure it out. And when you feel safe with people to be in process with, with whatever you're thinking through, um, yeah, it just it moves you from that like place of fear, that place of shame into a place of possibility and exploration and just play and fun and just yeah it's it's a sweet place to be yeah you know it's it's just like gosh community is so important you know i just and like that how representation is so important especially for groups that that are silenced or that are marginalized and, and that don't see like a lot of a lot of examples at all uh, uh, around you know when i just it just it warms my heart to know that I am not the only one going through um, these experiences, and I know each of our experiences is very different, and a lot of it is so similar. And you know, just those those listening right now, whether you're just in the exploration of your queerness and and faith, you know that that contradiction, or whether you're at just some other figuring out life or wrestling of a question like it's so important to find community um to help you and to not do it alone you know because because like tristan let me ask you so how did it feel like figuring out your your gayness and um holding your faith how did that feel doing it alone and did Mm. you do it alone for for a while yeah i think i think it it, it definitely evolved every season of my life. I think I became aware, aware, I choose the, the word aware because I w- there was an acceptance later, but I became aware of, of me being into guys in high school. And immediate fear set in because I, um, kind of like Jenna, I'm the oldest in an Asian household, but also in the immigrant household being the first generation. There were just so many rules of survival that we were following and being gay just wasn't in it. Um, It was try to assimilate as best as you can in like heteronormative white America. And then so fear immediately set in being like, this is the absolute like farthest away. So um, in high school, I I immediately like shoved the identity in the closet, locked it up, put like multiple locks in and burned, not even through the key away, I burnt it. <laughs> and then in high in college, I find that that key didn't burn up. And I find it and it's actually in my pocket. <laughs> and um I would like interact with it. Um, I was still very much closeted, but I was like, well, shoot, I can't run away from this. This thing follows me. So I just kept it in my pocket. And it wasn't until I was working professionally where I was like, oh, this is, this is here to stay. This can't, um, this won't go away. And actually, um, just to even go back to your previous question about like, I think the thing that I latched onto in your previous question was like your darkness and, and where did you come from? I, and how new Abby then shed light to it. Um, I uh, actually came from the darkest space in my life, 
which was the the suicide of my brother. And I was, and I just, there was, there was nothing more painful than that. And I was like, why am I even holding, holding on to this like identity of not being true to myself? Like I've just lived through the darkest phase of my life. Everything needs to go up from here. Everything needs to be towards freedom. Everything needs to be towards this, the, the um, enlightening of who Tristan is. And so it was from there that um, I just re- I just rejected that darkness of I-, I could no longer be in the closet. I could no longer be in the dark because um, I don't want to be alone. I don't I- I've seeing my brother really um, experience life, but also experience the hardness of life doing it by himself. I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to pick up his lessons. I want to honor his life by being as true to myself as I can. Um, and in that process, I found you, Abby, who were who. Um, I find you Abby where there are people who are trying to do the same thing, who are just trying to um, live out the best um, versions of themselves. And then so that really um, made the healing, it felt more possible to be whole, to be honest. Um, it felt more possible to, to really envision myself as a six-year-old, as a seven-year-old, really thriving, really have processed um, what it means to be gay, to be queer, and and then help pave the way for people in the future. And so. Mm. Oh my gosh, Tristan, I just have gotten body chills. I just, what, what what's your, your brother's name? If you're open to sharing that, and I would love to just like take a, a moment of silence to just like send him so much love right now. Are you open to that? Yeah. Um, his name is David. David. Okay. Mm. Mm, so just, yeah, I'm going to just take like 30 seconds. I'm just going to do a little hold up my hands in a heart shape, just representing love. That's so present from him right now and just mm. sending him love and sending you love. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for just sharing your, your truth so honestly. Yeah. And you, you know, um, I don't know at what point we'll talk about family, but my brother really, if there was one person I wish I got to tell it was my, it's my brother to, and I, I think he would be really proud and he would totally be my ally. Totally. Just as my sister is, I know for a fact that my brother would be by my side, um, supporting me, um, yeah. And so. Oh, okay. I'm going to ask something and don't feel at, pr- at pressure at all to answer this, but, but have you ever like just imagine you telling um, your brother and have you done it? I, no, I didn't have the opportunity to actually my, I was the last person to have seen him. Um, and there was a moment where I was like, this might be the last time I get to tell you. And I, 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 I don't think I was ready then. Um, but I do imagine occasionally when I'm on a walk, sometimes I imagine him walking beside me and I, and I'll just share 
um, I'll just share um, memories of like, yeah, I came out to mom or I came out to dad or sometimes I'd be like, oh, I talked to my friend Jenna about this or, oh, now I'm going to record a podcast with Luca and Jenna. Like, I- I'll imagine that he's there with me and he, and I would imagine um, his responses or his little jokes that he would make um, here and there. And so, yeah, I do, I do think about that often because he shaped my life so significantly. The, the loss of a life really, I think, allowed my life to take off. He really um, was the fuel for, honestly, the last two years of my life. What, 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 what's one thing like you would just, um, get to like to tell him like, yeah. like, 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 like if you, if you like, so, so like, let's just say, you know. Yeah. Okay. So the, the <laughs> thing, the thing that I, I wish I could so process with him is how wonderful our little sister is and how, when I came out to her, because she was the first person I came out to in our family, I think he would be so proud of how my sister just welcomed me and how my sister continues to be an ally for her queer friends. And I think we really put a lot, we, we gave a lot of love to my sister and I think he would be so in love with who she's becoming, but at the same time, he would be so um, deeply moved by how much of an ally she is for me. Um, and I think he would, I constantly learn from her. And I think he would still say, if he was here today, he would still say, wow, I have a lot to learn from my little sister. Gosh, you know, I, this is, I'm just, I'm just taking it in it. It's, uh, this is like the kind of conversations that we have and the, the kind of conversations that people have access to, you know, mm-hmm. and I just, uh, like, I wish it wasn't so freaking hard for people with a queer human experience and especially a faith human experience like just like all the courage it takes to like own that to yourself and then show up in a space and own it and then be comfortable enough to have a conversation like the three of us are having now just because like the the amount of of peace and joy and love that i'm feeling in my body and in my bones i'm just like oh my gosh this is why like i i do what i do and i like i'm having this podcast it's just i just want everyone to to get access to this and Mm -hmm. just thanks for just creating this space right now where i just i feel like just like love is hugging me (laughs) absolutely yeah thank you so much for sharing that tristan and i think it's things like this that really make me just so like in awe of like the capacity of love that Mm. um, queer people are capable of experiencing and giving because what I hear from what you're saying is so much love for your brother and of course so much pain and so much um sadness and I mean those words don't even feel like adequate to describe everything that you experienced but um yeah like I think when I look back to what my perception of queer people were it wasn't this beautiful complex nuanced um Mm full humanity of everything that you know you've experienced it's you know I think my I was given sort of this uh 
caricature image of just, you know, out of control, indulgence, you know, reckless, destructive people who just didn't care, who were kind of giving up morally and otherwise. Um, but what I hear from you and what has been so characteristic of both of you ever since I've met you is such a deep thoughtfulness and reflectiveness on all of the challenges and complexities of being a human <laughs> of life um, mm. and learning how to navigate these things that are sometimes so painful, but coming out of it with um, such beauty and such uh, evolution and growth and reflection that bears impact on your other relationships, on your you know hopes and aspirations and um, I think it's just such an incredibly beautiful thing. Like, it's crazy to me that I, you know, had once thought that <laughs> to be in this space would be just like this, you know, superficial mm -hmm. kind of recklessness, because that's the exact opposite of everything that we <laughs> talk about and experience together. It's, yeah. yeah it's and I think there's a, yeah, I really relate to that um, in the sense where I had this picture in my mind of, um, just like <laughs> total depravity in the, <laughs> in the queer community. And then the moment I started building relationships at New Abbey, that image just not even disintegrated, it like exploded. Like it, it disappeared so fast because there was no, it was almost like there's no room for that picture anymore. Like the the image that I got in meeting you and and talking to you guys, um, having proximity every week and laughing and and crying and texting each other, just um, demolished the the closet in regards to like you. I no longer wanted to ever like consider myself trapped in it, um, and I and I also wanted to like destroy that image of or, or destroy that possibility where people are um are trapped in their own causes i want to help liberate as much as i can um yeah. and seeing you all um take your different steps especially with family um because jenna and i i think every week we'll talk about family <laughs> and every time i share something i feel like she she's she unlocks something on her end um, and every time she says, shares something with me, I feel like it gives me the strength to unlock something on my end. And it's just this like constant ripple effect and feedback that, um, yeah, I think it's, it's miraculous. I think there's a divinity there that mm. I think honestly, maybe straight people don't, can't really tap into because we have, we have very sp special I mean, I don't know. We, our circumstances are so not unique, but like unique to the queer community. Yeah, I just like just that like uh, synergy that like inspiration synergy that just happens so much. Oh my gosh, um, you, you both are making me think of this question. It's like, why did you, um, honestly, why did you wait so long to come out to <sighs> like? <laughs> like come come out like I, I I think of like the real coming out experience for me is when I came out to my mom. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I had like like so so why did you um why was it so difficult for you to come out to your parents? 
Wow, that is a great question. <laughs> How long we got? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I could go first. I think. Um, I, so the preface to this is when my dad. This isn't the only time he experienced me, like or caught me interacting with like gay either pornography or like whatever materials there was one time where i had <laughs> printed <laughs> this is so embarrassing <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> i love you guys so i'm gonna share this to you um this is my gift to you but um in high school um i had found like an erotic um story like website where they just tell stories um because i was like oh i don't know this is more like low-key and i could kind of like print it out and read it whenever i want it's not like i'm looking at porn or whatever well i had printed it out at home and immediately my friends were like hey do you want to hang out and i was like yes i'd love to printed it out forgot to like hide it <laughs> And he <laughs> left it in the living room. <laughs> oh, no. And then so I'm like out with my friends. It's like 11 or 12 at night. And my dad calls me and he's like, get home right now. And I'm like, well, I'm out with my friend. He's like, get home right now. And then so I, 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 get, I, get, I, I get dropped off home. And my dad, my mom, like I opened the door. My mom's like, on the couch with the papers on her hand <laughs> crying and my and my dad with his arms crossed he's like get in the car we're going to go for a drive and i don't know i don't remember how long we drove i don't it was just the most shameful probably moment of my life um but the thing that he told me which defined my this was the narrative in my brain that actually made it really hard for me to come out for so long was he said, Tristan, we need to be perfect for God. And that was, and that I don't, I don't remember what else he said. That was the only thing that I remember. And that was seared into my soul. And, and that kind of set the stage for how I lived my life in regards to pursuit of holiness, but also the intensity of how I locked my queerness into the closet. I mean, the weight of that, the weight of perf- Yeah. Yeah. And, and Filipinos are very- How old were you? I was probably 16, 15 or 16. And, though, and Filipinos are very, um, not just conservative, just traditional, like- rule-based followers kind of like follow and and as immigrants there's this like mentality of like follow these um goal posts along the journey and you'll succeed the moment you deviate you're like effed up <laughs> and then so for so long i i held that i held to this like golden child perfection which i did really well <laughs> I was really good at it. <laughs> and also like it helped me it helped me achieve the goals that I wanted. Um 
but it didn't help me grow the way that I wanted to grow. And so, um, and then again, my, when my brother passed away, that image of the golden child was just demolished because mourning was too hard. Mm. It, it was too hard to, to weep as a golden child. I needed to let go of that identity. And then the moment and I did, the queer Tristan came out and being like, we can do this together. Like, I need to enter into your life and integrate. Um, and then so, so it took, it took my life having to go to the depths of hell to unlock that door for, for the true me to be integrated. And then so, and then after that, honestly, it was like, okay, well, let's go. Cause I've just done the hardest thing in my life. Coming out is truly hard. And it's probably the second thing, hardest thing to go through in my life, but it's not as hard as seeing a brother pass away. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> wow. It, it's just, it's so interesting how like just the, those moments, you know, that small moment in like the car with your dad, how that's just like something like that can just be so ingrained and in how words are so important. I hate the, 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 like the whole like sticks and stones will break my bones and words. What is, what is it? Sticks and stones will break my bones and words will never hurt me. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> words are fucking are like, are so hurtful. I feel like words are why people like don't see a future at all and, and yeah. see just darkness. Now, but I'm just saying like, I could see why, like, Mm-hmm. you think about that a 16 year old who's just trying to figure out what the like how the hell to do this yeah. thing called life and Absolutely. look to their parents as the guy yeah wow and to have Thank to do it sure. to have to do it by yourself is really the the gutting reality of it and then so a lot of people have to do it by themselves mm. well i guess yeah to answer your question uh for me uh i think why we laughed earlier is because you've got to either laugh <laughs> or cry about it. You know? It's, it's, it's really um, such a hard and painful thing. Like I, I tell Tristan this, you know, but like when it comes to like movies and stuff, uh, it's always like parent child storylines that just like undo me. I just, I'm a, a weepy mess because it just <laughs> brings up all of this stuff for me. Um, and I think that really is, at least in my situation, of course, everyone's situations are so unique to themselves. But what was so hard for me is I do love my parents so much and have always felt so loved by them and look up to them in so many ways. You know, um, my dad's a pastor, um, really, I mean, they're my parents, you know, everything about who I am, my value system that was forged by them. And I think, particularly growing up in the church, when you're, you know, your parents are so involved in ministry, everything is all wrapped up together, right? Like your personal sense of uh, faith and your belief in God and your purpose in life, in addition to like your family relationships, your social community support system, all of that is all wrapped up into one. And so I think because there was just this deep sense of love and trust and admiration, um, I really didn't want to lose that. And I think I had so personally owned uh, the particular brand of theology I was raised with, um, that I was also personally grappling with 
my concept of like queer identity and all of that for myself too. Like this uh, was first and foremost something that I was trying to work out for myself. Like, what is, is this okay? Like I thought like it's, well, it wasn't even a question in my mind. It was not okay. Um, And it was uh, for me, I think it was really my brain maybe subconsciously trying to protect itself um, because that awareness, you know, that you're talking about Tristan for me didn't come until like after college, like (laughs) it took such a long time. Um, Like looking back, of course, there are so many signs, so many very like obvious signs that like make me laugh now, but um, like it just was never, I never gave room for that to be a possibility for myself. Like I think um, it was very easy in that world to kind of brush that off all to the side because like, you know, marriage was all about, um, you know, having this like symbolic resonance of Christ in the church and the symbolism of a man and woman and like, you know, disciple making by childbearing. And like, it was kind of frowned upon to uh, take a worldly approach and be like, you know, marrying (laughs) because you really like somebody, even though like functionally, that's what, you know, everyone was doing anyways. But um, at least as far as like, what you were saying is like the point of marriage and the point of romance. Um, It was never really centering desire and uh, yeah, attraction was supposed to be like, or it was, yeah, just seen as very superficial and like, you know, it has to be more than that. It has to be substance. There has to be your scriptural basis. And so because I was not experiencing (laughs) attraction to who I was told I was supposed to be experiencing attraction for, I was like, Oh, I guess I'm just very spiritually mature. I guess I'm just very like on board with like the kingdom of God and all, you know, all of his purposes. And so um, it just was never something that I had to engage with um, or learned how to engage with, I think, because going back to what we were saying about representation, like I just, that was not something I saw. Like I did never saw um, two women together in like, you know, a happy <laughs> uh, committed relationship Uh like barely in the media and definitely not anyone I knew personally. But but yeah, there was just not really any example I could look to. And so I had no creative imagination to uh, picture anything like that for myself. And so like the only concept of being gay that I had in my mind was like pride parades and Ellen DeGeneres. And I was like, I had nothing about (laughs) either of those two things resonates with me, (laughs) you know? Um, and of course, like, you know, the pride parade clips I would see would be the most like extreme, you know, images of like, you know, the leather community and you know things that felt so far removed from my lived experience as like mm. a young Asian girl, you know, growing up in Southern California, <laughs> uh, young Southern Californian pastor's kid, you know, all those things. Um, and so, yeah, I think it wasn't until, uh, yeah, end of college, uh, starting to think about my future in very real terms. Uh, of like, okay, like, what do I want for myself career-wise and otherwise? Um, And then just even with, you know, the evolving world and, like, increasing representation in media, um, like, I was just starting to see more queer characters, like, on television and movies and Mm -hmm. more, like, nuanced depictions um, or just varied depictions even where I was like, oh, that's interesting. Why am I so interested (laughs) in these characters and these (laughs) storylines? And then... It was a lot of like a lot of denial for a long time. And then, yeah, a point of acceptance uh, and acknowledgement, but so much fear and uh, just 
entering kind of that dark period, you know, that we were talking about earlier of like, what possible future is there for me? You know, I like really could not picture one. Like I I kind of envisioned it as like uh, holding on to like a moving train and like a stake in the ground where the moving train was like this uh, realization about my, the reality of who I am and the things um, that I naturally want. And the stake in the ground being like the entire world that I knew, my community support system, uh, my faith belief system, like number one above everything else. Um, and just feeling like I can't hold on to both of these, like it's going to tear me apart. Um, and yeah, it did take me to a very dark place where it felt like I didn't want either of those options. And so life maybe isn't worth living if that's all I have to look forward to. And like, yeah, like it did take me to a place of like, you know, being very strongly suicidal for a while and just like really struggling Mm -hmm. with, um, you know, making it through, like trying to roll through the motions of being involved in church and trying to be just a normal church girl, um, Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, love the people around me well, just while feeling like I was kind of sinking. And uh, that was really what drove me to the point of finally coming out to my family. It was really desperation. Mm -hmm. I think I just really did not know where to go. I didn't want anything. I wasn't like, you know, didn't have a partner already. I didn't have a world I was trying to run away to. I was just trying to keep my head above water. And there Mm -hmm. reached a point where um, it was harder to not say something uh, than to say something, which had not been the case until that point. Um, And so... Yeah, I think uh, there's such a strong pull, uh, especially, you know, Tristan and I talk about this a lot. When you're the oldest, uh, you have such a, so much of your identity is in being kind of this trusted confidant of your parents and like these authority figures in your life where um, you feel like if I don't have that, then what worth do I have? You know, who who am I apart from that? Or at least that was the case for me. And uh, yeah, it was like, yeah, earth shattering for so many <laughs> reasons, you know, like my own, the crumbling of my own personal faith and then all of the relationships that I felt like were forever going to change to be like looked at differently. All those things played a part in why it was so hard. Um, and it was just a, a really long process as well, getting to that point. And then even from that point forward, figuring out how to navigate that together and figuring out what's feasible. Cause I was trying for a time to be like, I don't want to lose this community. Like I want to still work this out. I'll, I'll talk to whoever you want me to talk to. You know, it was a lot of that for a while until that also became, you know, <laughs> unsustainable. And I had to walk away ultimately from uh, that particular church community altogether. Um, and so I feel like my story is somewhat unique in that uh, I was never really uh, hurt in the sense of like, a situation or a particular relationship where um, there was like, you know, this kind of conflict or like damage being done other than what naturally is from the ideology itself. But I feel like I was trying so hard to hold on to these connections and uh, Mm. um, also wanted to kind of prove something of like, I'm not, you know, what I was told this like caricature of a queer person is I'm like, fully me and all of like I'm trying to take all of this so seriously and really do my due diligence leave no stone unturned um 
which was a lot of hard work and that took so long um, to do first by myself and then with other people as well. Um, but yeah, all that to say, I think uh, if anyone else <laughs> experiences or has felt anything similar and has felt like they're like they just can't picture anything really worthwhile from that side of things, like I'm just so happy to say that like I was so proven wrong in that mm. sense. And uh, mm. there is, wow. to borrow the biblical language, like an abundant life, <laughs> you know, that uh, feels so worth living, that is full of so much beauty mm. and uh, so much joy and so much uh, just tender love and support from those that you find around you. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm just, yeah, so thankful. Oh, mm. oh my Oh, Jenna, oh, there's so many things I want to say to you right now. And just for, for, for listeners, I mean, Tristan, you know, and I know like, gosh, Jenna is one of the most genuine, loving, mm-hmm. thoughtful, just like salt of the earth people. I don't even exactly know what that, that phrase is, but like that, that's who Jenna is. She's <laughs> just like, just, just gosh, just oh, such just an amazing angel-like human being and I can't even imagine now my life without her and this Mm -hmm. world without her and Jenna just to hear that there was a time where you thought that like it was you know that there was an option to 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 take your life I mean I just I can't even imagine the you not being a part of this Mm -hmm. world because you have so much to offer and like and it's just it 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 breaks my heart how that is such a common option for these incredible human beings like you yeah yeah and and i want to add to that that um i think jenna to have gone i don't know to to have watched my brother in desperation figure out life and for you to have made the other decision to stay and then rise up beyond that and pick your life up and choose to fight for you in despite of this fear of losing everyone. And then after that, choosing to try to figure it out. And then after that, choosing to step into another faith community that could like hurt you again. Like there's just so much that you had to do honestly by yourself for a long time and figure out by yourself and choose to then intentionally go back into community um, and refigure that out. I think that requires uh, universal strength. Like that, that strength is, that is God. Like, (laughs) I don't know what else, like, I don't know where else that could come from, but God like when when the when your old community is like that's not god you are proving to them to the world that like no there's there's this divine strength that comes from within that's been given to you because you deserve and own your life and that like you deserve a space in the world now to tell your story <laughs> I think there's just so much strength there that's to be shared. Um, and I I know Luca would say this too, but I'm I am just deeply um and profoundly like so thankful that I get to even like be in the presence of such strength. 
um, on a weekly basis. I don't know. I, I, this is the first time I'm hearing you share this part of your story. So I'm just like floored. Like, I feel like my, my, I had a good friend in college who used to say, I feel like God's love is squishing me. It's so intense that is literally pushing me down the floor and I'm being squished <laughs> by love. Like, I feel like that's the love that I'm feeling from your story. It's just so intense that I can't even stand up anymore. I can't, I'm just being squished to the floor. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You guys, I love you both so much. And I mean, that's honestly like, that's the same. That's exactly how I feel about you too as well. Like, I mean, every single one of our friends has overcome so much just to get to the point of even like where we all met each other, you know? And I think that's what is so profound about our connection is everyone has done that love, like to that degree, that kind of work on their own, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're now finding this incredible support system in one another. And um, yeah, it's funny. I know we talk a lot about, you know, our concept of God and how that's, you know, things are being put on the table and kind of we're trying to figure out what things we hold on to, what things we don't. And um, yeah, I mean, that was a challenging thing for me coming into even a space like New Abbey where it's a lot more progressive, but um, yeah, like I just have felt so like, I'm really trying to figure that out. Like, what do I believe about God? Does God have personhood? Is God a concept? Is, you know, all of those things, because there's so much of that tied to what I was raised with that I had so many grapplings with but exactly what you're saying just like if God or divinity is that just transcendent awe-inspiring wonder that just can't be explained by mere coincidence then that's exactly what I experienced with all of you as well you know it's something that inspires so much um incredulity at how sequences of events could lead to (laughs) you know, these amazing things that we see now in each other. And like, um, it's, it's beautiful. Like it's hard to find another, a better word to encapsulate what that is. And uh, yeah, whatever that is, that's what I believe in. <laughs> I think yeah, that it's just amazing. I, I, I mean, gosh, there's, uh, there's two things that I want to say. And I'm going to say, the second one first and then okay. remind me to say this other thing. Okay. Um, like th- th- this, this is the, the question like, you know, and, and I'm thinking about, it, and we've talked about it before. It's like, you know, like who is God to us, you know? And like, like I mentioned, like Jenny, you shared with, with me and Tristan one time and it, it really resonated with me about like, you know, just the moments you feel deep love and you feel deep wonder and you feel peace and joy. And you know, you're like, that's God to me. And I'm like, you know what, right now it's easier for me as I'm figuring out, things day by day i know the the experiences and people and things that i say yes to and things that i choose that that help this love bloom inside just like this this conversation right now i just feel so inspired and i feel so full of wonder and so excited for the future and i just feel so like at peace you know and i'm like gosh like if if then this is god then like for me right now i'm just throwing you know god is these feelings and i'm going to continue to say yes to the things that allow me to feel these um because you know just for so long i i thought of god as just like this being that's Far off in the heavens that I can only say yes to and experience um, when I'm worshiping, you know, when I'm singing loud. 
And it's just, again, like I had never said what I just said to anybody else. And then I shared it with you. And it just, it's so important. Like the commute, the communal aspect of Mm -hmm. living together, like we're, we're hardwired to connect as human beings. Mm -hmm. And that just helps us answer those big questions. So like, it's, it's just beautiful. Like, thank you for letting me chat with you about those. And like, also like not having to figure out the answer right now you know that's something too like i'm just so used to friends and family needing to fix everything and finding the answer even myself just like finding the answer because Mm -hmm. then there's certainty and i'm learning that like Mm -hmm. fucking life is just uncertain like it's (laughs) it's the only thing certain is that we're gonna die like you know it's just like like you know and so yeah i just like this is just such a beautiful moment that I get to experience with you all because you chose your truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and <laughs> I just, I like, I just, this is, I, I love our pauses because we're just like processing and, you know, and, <laughs> and letting it in. And like the other thing I want to say is this is what parents and loved ones and friends need to know that queer people process on their own by themselves day after day after month after years before they have the courage to say hey mom i'm gay yeah hey aunt I like men, you know, so it's so important that in that moment to just be joyful and just like knowing that, yeah, you may have a million questions going on, but just knowing how long it took and all the courage and resiliency to just make it to that moment. um, I think it's just important for, for parents and families and siblings and everyone to know. Absolutely. No, I, I, it's true. I, when you said it, uh, that it took years to get to that moment, I felt that like so many times I said to myself, maybe I'll come out now. Maybe I'll tell this person now, like so many times. And so many times I let myself down and be like, I can't, it's not yet. It's not time. I don't want to. Um, because I don't have, I've thought I, the amount of, hours I put into thinking about it probably was like a full-time job in itself in my brain (laughs) (laughs) we could have been using that brain you know power for so many other things (laughs) so many other things because because the world told us that we don't fit Mm -hmm. imagine imagine a world where where it people no longer have to be afraid and they could use their full selves to do what they're called to do instead of they're they're using all that energy and allotting it to to being afraid and having Mm -hmm. to protect themselves Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why i want to have this conversation is because we want to create that future where people no longer have to really allocate that much energy just to protect themselves from from talking to their family yes thank you for just bringing language to that in a sentence like you did like i needed that yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think to add to what you were saying, Luca, about um, just for, you know, parents and family to be aware of, you know, what they bring. I think it's, um, I truly believe that uh, most people out there really are trying their best and really do care for their children and are, you know, I think everyone would acknowledge that they're imperfect and that they don't always know what to do and have very genuine fears about, you know, their children's well-being or if they're from a faith background, um, their spiritual destination and their um, capacity to be belong to their community. Um, all of those things are wrapped up together. And I really doubt that anyone's like, hmm, how can I make my child's life harder, you know? Um, but at the same time, we know that so many people experience so much pain and hurt in their family relationships in particular. I feel like uh, it's just, it's such a common experience for queer people. And I think it's, it's so many things that add up over time. It's when you see like, you know, like two men kissing on TV and you hear someone say, oh, like, why do they always have to include that? Or like, you know, it's those little moments that really build up an impression over time um, where subconsciously you're, you know, being communicated to that, like, oh, this is not okay. And like, I, that better not be me because um, then I, I won't be okay. Um, and it's hard. It's complicated because particularly when you uh, are in a Christian, you know, household where um, you believe that like your child will not be saved if this is not something that they uh, repent of or choose to see as morally repugnant, you feel like the loving thing to do is... Mm -hmm to protect your child from hellfire, right? And you'll take, you know, whatever measures are necessary to do that because you love your child. And I think that's where things get very complicated and muddy because, um, yeah, your child may or may not share that belief <laughs> faith-wise. And um, regardless of the case, you know, the message being sent is this is not okay. This naturally, you know, these naturally occurring desires that you experience um, make you morally repugnant, you know? Um, and that really does something to a person, um, mm -hmm. especially when all they want to do is the right thing, you know? And uh, yeah, I just would hope that anyone out there would understand, yeah, like you were saying, Luca, the weight of um, their impact on a kid and even an adult kid, <laughs> adult child, um, yeah. is, you know, those things still bear so much weight and, uh, you have so much potential to, um, be a safe space to somebody. Just even, even if you disagree, I think like, you can still hold that space of acknowledging how hard it is and just being willing to listen, you know, can go such a long way. We'll be right back to the second part of this episode. Can we talk about how unreal it is that next week's December and in a little over a month, it's 2023? What is time? Where is it going? <laughs> well, to kick off December and launch you into 2023 next Thursday, December 1st, from 4 to 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, I'm leading a marketing masterclass and I want to invite you. 
If you are a current business owner or entrepreneur and need support marketing your brand or marketing a program or offering, or if 2023 is the year that you step into the role of entrepreneurship and you don't want to do it alone and you need support launching the amazing offering you have in your business, this marketing masterclass is for you. I'm going to teach you how to become the best marketer for your business so you can grow your brand easily, intentionally, amplify your impact, and earn what you're truly worth. In this 90-minute interactive workshop, I'll share my proven framework for the marketing process and break down each step in a simple, actionable, and fun way. You're going to leave with four things. First off, a marketing strategy for your business that you can implement as soon as possible. It's going to break down everything you need to know from A to Z to market your business and brand. Secondly, I'm going to share some powerful income generating tools that'll help you achieve and surpass your revenue goals. Thirdly, you'll walk away with more confidence in the unique service you're offering. And lastly, knowing how to move forward with launching or growing your business. If you're feeling a little stuck right now or nervous or doubting yourself and it's stopping you from sharing what you're doing, from launching a program that you really know works, this masterclass is it. The investment is $75. It's happening virtually on Zoom. All the details of how you can register are in the show notes. I'm so excited to bring my passion for marketing, authentic storytelling, and branding into this workshop and create a one-of-a-kind experience for you that's really going to help you. The group of people that are already signed up are some badass entrepreneurs and humans. And I know that we're going to leave this masterclass elevated and so freaking ready to do the damn thing in 2023. If you feel like I'm talking directly to you, I'd love to support you and have you be part of this. Now, enjoy the rest of this episode. Yeah, the ability to just listen. Like listening is such an act of love to just close your mouth and just listen. And I, like Jenna, one of the things you said, and I've been 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 talking about it a lot to friends, to some family, been journaling a lot about is this silent acceptance, you know, and what that means to me, like, for example, you know, so now it's been seven years since I've been out and there were family members that I came out to and they were like, oh yeah, I accept you, you know, and then for the last seven years, like have not heard anything that's affirming, have not, um, have not like seen any like 
outward actions like do not bring up oh like have you like are you dating like you're dating a guy right now or just like are there's no language or actions at all that that um affirm that I'm gay, you know, and I just, I like, I, I, I shared it to my mom with this once and I shared it last, um, I, I was at a diversity, equity and inclusion training and uh, a mom was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you shared that. And, and it was like, you know, I, I grew up, um, I loved SpongeBob you know, and like my mom knew that I loved SpongeBob and she would just, you know, like buy me a comforter or like sit down and watch SpongeBob with me or ask me about Sponge. Like I just, I was like a little kid, you know, and these are all actions and language that she would take, like without me saying, mom, I love SpongeBob. These are the exact things you need to do. Um, so I know that it's okay that I like SpongeBob, you know, you know, it just did it out of love. And that's what I share with my mom. I was like, mom, I need you to, I, I, uh, I, I do need you to take some actions like that. Yeah. I need you to ask me about, oh, like, you know, um, happy pride month or, oh, yeah. do you want to go watch the, this new movie that, that came out that has, you know, queer representation or yeah. like something as simple as just like, I, I, it, it was so sweet because today my mom is doing it. You know, when that mm -hmm. happened two years ago, she wasn't, but she just bought a, a flag outside of their house that says welcome and there's a rainbow. Like, uh, Annette, like, the, the, like she, she's so doing it now and I feel so loved, but two years ago, like yeah. it wasn't happening. Um, and just that whole silent acceptance, like yeah. I felt that I was having to go back in the closet yeah. time and time and time again. Right. Um, because it's like, I never was affirmed for 22 years. Then hit 22 it was like oh okay i accept you and then never hearing it again for like five years i'm like oh my gosh i need to hear it more than once <laughs> like <laughs> yeah how many seconds are in a day how many days are you know like yeah. does that make sense yeah you know that's interesting so um for context for listeners i just came out last year um and what i realized was um, it took, well, what I realized was um, I spent years pondering um, about my own queerness um, to the point where I made the decision to come out. Um, and then I told my parents. And what I learned was that it would also then take them years to ponder the same thing and that it there is a there is a resilience called to our stories where we just want to be fully accepted in the moment and i think we get hopefully we get little tidbits of that but i think there is also then this resilience and patience we're called to to wait for people who for the first time have to now process it because we 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 ourselves have processed it for so long and it's it's a certain type of pain to not get that immediately and to have to wait for that processing to to start occurring and for it to i don't know finish uh, you'll never finish processing but there is this a uh, certain pain that i think queer people have to go through um and then also to see them take the steps to go from I think I'm very proud of my mom in the last, 
I didn't come out to them for another six months. I started coming out to my friends first, and then for practice, <laughs> and then and then and then to my parents eventually. And I'm very proud of my mom because she kind of it was really hard for her, but then she started taking on her own steps. Um, she started taking curious steps. She started asking me, "Oh, are you dating now?" or what like and and I think part of it was just like she just needed to know like <laughs> she just needed to know but I think also I'm very proud of of her leaning. she's like are you getting dick down <laughs> <laughs> oh god if she ever said that I would run away I would physically <laughs> jump out of the car <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I know I would do yeah I'm like mom would you if listen we were, never if ask we were me that, on but... the freeway I would literally unbuckle <laughs> my seatbelt and jump out <laughs> dying but yeah no I, I'm very proud of her curiosity because I think so many times kind of like what Jenna was talking about um for to to maintain their integrity and in what they believe in they never get to the curious stage but i think you can be curious without necessarily being affirming and i think that's a great first step because you could just wonder what it feels like to be in that person's shoes without necessarily being like yes i totally agree um because i'm constantly curious about people not necessarily agree but i'm curious how they think how they feel um, and i think it's a great step for parents if there are any parents listening to this to just wonder and be curious, oh, um, I wonder how my child feels about this without fully being like, okay, I have to agree with everything. Just wonder what they feel about or think about certain things because I think that will create the bridge to, to those moments of conversations that will really allow healing to happen. And when my mom first asked me that question, you don't need, you don't know how much healing I got because now it opened a door that we, I never thought I'd even have a conversation with my mom. Uh, Tristan, thank you for just reminding me of that because like, so I've been out for seven years, you know, when I feel like um, the communities I surround myself, like you both and our friend group and other like, um, you know, I'm part of a, a, a light year leadership, uh, uh, just a self-development community. And I just have like all these friends where I'm having these accelerated like self-discovery conversations and I'm learning more. And I, I just feel like, you know, I'm on this momentum like this, like high speed rail just going, you know, and I'm like, and, and a lot of people around me are to the point where they are. And then when I go back, um, in certain family and friend communities and, and organization communities, I'm like, I, I just bring this expectation to them that they need to be at this level. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, and you just reminded me that I hate, I don't not do not like that. The, 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 this, this acceptance process for a family needs to like be this, this, this thing that takes time. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I wish there wasn't patience. Like, I wish we didn't have to go have all this patience for our, our family and friends yeah. to fully affirm us. And thank you for reminding me that that's just the, the experience that, that we're going through in this lifetime. And yeah. I hope that, um, 
um, future generations don't, it doesn't have to take so long. Like I hope it doesn't have to take, you know, seven years for my mom to do all these actions she's doing now. But I just appreciate you reminding me that when I throw expectations on other friends and family. So, so thank you. Like I needed to hear that honestly. And to even to tap into the same thing that I think the same type of strength that Jenna tapped into, I called it divine strength earlier. I think each and every single one of us tap constantly into divine strength of being patient like th- like that takes an insurmountable power to be like now i have to wait for my mom to come around and say the things that i've wanted her to say like there's a certain level of power that i think is superhuman that is required of all of us and i think that's divine too um that different type of power but it's, I think it's there. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think sometimes it doesn't feel <laughs> super possible. Definitely not easy um, because I think for my case in particular, um, a lot of the people in my life that, um, you know, still belong to kind of a certain brand of uh, theological belief, I really don't expect them to ever change their minds. And I think as hard as that is, I do have a lot of sympathy for them still because, um, and this isn't the case for everybody who grows up Christian, but for me, um, coming to terms with like having a queer identity came absolutely hand in hand with all of my theological beliefs, (laughs) you know, Um, my concept of how did I how do I define sin? How do I define what we call the gospel and, you know, the message of salvation and human nature, um, biblical hermeneutics and interpretation, you know, all of that stuff was all interconnected. And um, honestly, that was the bigger piece for me than the queer identity piece. Um, And it was earth shattering when I came to a point of that's no longer my foundation. Um, And honestly, that kind of came first before coming to terms more with my queer identity. Like that was sort of something I was like vaguely aware of and all that to say um, it's a huge ask of someone to be like, are you willing to completely re-examine how (laughs) you view the world and uh, how to define what is right and wrong and like where we're all headed, what the point of it all is. Like that's a huge ask of someone, especially when the implication um, for them is their belonging to a community that gathers around very specific beliefs. And frankly, like what I felt when that all fell apart was, um, for me, the hardest thing that I went through. Um, and I feel like, how could I ask that of somebody else to lose, um, their relationship with God potentially, or their concept of God, um, and their sense of purpose and belonging and identity and, um, not to say that you have to do all of that to become affirming of queer people, but at least for the kind of world I come from, I think that kind of is the ask. And, um, yeah, I, I don't expect, um, or I don't feel like I have the right to demand that of anybody, um, mm-hmm. as much as it hurts to not have a, those people be affirming in my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, and again, like, because that was me for so long too. I, I do have a lot of uh, sympathy for that because uh, 
yeah, I know the playbook. I know the arguments and I know how good it feels to belong. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think where that lands me now is what does it look like to have a relationship with people who um, you do have such vast disagreements with about your view of uh, the world and identity and what is right and wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's not something that there, I think, is an easy answer for. It's something that you navigate one day at a time, situation Mm -hmm. by situation. And Mm -hmm. I think there can be a lot of love still expressed even in that um, when both parties are committed to that figuring out of things. Um, I don't know what that looks like five years from now. (laughs) So we can talk again then. Um, But no, at least for now, um, that's something that I, I want to figure out. And that may or may not be the right call for other people. That may not be a safe endeavor, may not be a reciprocated endeavor. You know, that's so specific to each person. But yeah, um, yeah just figuring it out as we go. I just like want to ask this question. It's like, how do you love people who just believe something so differently than you? Yeah. You know, how, how do you hold that both and, and I think that's a bigger question just outside of the things we're talking about. Like, just look around at the world we're living. You know, I feel like things are just, I was chatting with someone today um, at, at Fresno State, the university I went to. It's like, you know, sh- she's like, you know, I just, I get so nervous to, to share that, like, I love Jesus at my college campus because I feel like if I share that belief, then someone is just going to cancel me and be like, Mm, like, no, like, like, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about how, you know, people that are gay, like, you know, can't, can't exist. And it's just like, I feel like that's not the answer, you know, and this just reminds me, like, we talk about this a lot. I really believe that the queer community, the queer community who are asking themselves these big questions and having this resilience are just going to help push forward all of society in other ways. I like, Mm -hmm. I I just, I'm so proud to say that. And I see how that's happened in my, the house that I'm like, I'm staying with my mom right now. And I see how Mm -hmm. that's happening and like beliefs that I never thought would change or change, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. So I just, Mm -hmm. I really believe that we're doing so much more than what we're doing for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, I'm going to try to tie both of your answers and that question together in the um, pursuit of being curious about our lives, um, about our new path, our new or our emergence to become our whole selves. And in, in, in the pursuit of being curious, uh, we we almost require our the people around us to be in a constant um, state of surprise, to be willing to be surprised by the love that evolves through us. They are just in this space of like, I didn't know this is what the queer community is like. I didn't know this is what it, I didn't know that God could show up in these ways. I didn't know. There's so many, I didn't know moments for me as I evolved, as I transcended, as I became more of who I am. And and as we ask people to remain curious, I think we also then bring this reality that we will surprise them, that our reality is a surprising reality that I think the world needs because the world in, 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 
the world is so dark right now. The world and people just need to latch on to clarity. And clarity is very seldom given. Um, and when surprise comes and pierces the darkness with light, that in itself has a profoundness to it. And I think um, for those who are listening, as they're trying to seek how to understand, um, to care for those who um, in their lives are queer or different, be curious, but also be ready to catch the surprises. Don't let them pass by. Um, when you're surprised and being like, wow, I didn't know that was going to happen. Stay there and think about it and ponder it and, and explore that with your loved one. Um, because I think that is how you stay. That's how you choose to stay in hard relationships, especially when the beliefs are clashing. Um, let those surprising moments be the building blocks of something that allows the relationship, the both of you to evolve together while still maintaining, I think, what both people believe, allowing that to happen, but I think allowing the relationship to be evolved by surprise and then moving forward from there, I think is a really great step that I'm allowing myself to, to walk through and kind of asking people to walk through with me. Yeah. I, I, I love how you, the language you brought to that, you know, and it's just like, because my experiences, I've shared my truth being queer and Christian with certain family members and they blast an opinion. You know what I mean? Like the opinion comes it. And I love the other option you're giving Tristan. It's like, Oh, that's, that's a, like, like, you know, Oh wow. Oh, that's, that's a surprise. Like I, I it, it just like, Oh, like that surprised, like, I don't even know if that's something for them to say, but I just, just in their head, like, oh, that surprised me. And yeah, then I just, think, I think to, to allow themselves to not question what they believe in, but to allow themselves to, for a moment, think and receive beyond it. And they could choose to go back, but to be like, oh, actually there is something more to what I see. There maybe maybe God is a little bigger than I thought. Maybe God does work in way wonderful, like different ways than I thought. Um, because I think our as humans we desire um, clarity and we desire um, protection and survival, and so we tend to just stay in the circle. Um, but but as queer people we're not afforded to stay in the circle. <laughs> we can't, we cannot stay in the circle. And in, in fact, something that um, one of our pastors said to me that just blew my mind is, you know, Tristan, I'm really, um, I'm really lucky to be queer. And I'm like, what, what does that even mean? And she said, you know, what, um, um, heteronormative um, relationships, straight people are immediately put into boxes by the, by the world. You have to do things this way. You have to act this way. You you make this much money. This is the jobs that you you tend to whatever. This is how you have sex or whatever. Versus the queer community, it's like I get to there's a we have the opportunity to redefine those things, um, and then so we have the opportunity to be surprised often. And I think those around us 
are constantly going to see us be surprised. And I think in turn, I'm excited for my friends and family to be surprised by the type of love that um, emits from my life. Um, and they get to choose to, to watch it. They actually have to choose to watch it. Or they could close their eyes. They can. And be silent for the next five, seven years. But those who peek into my life, I think will be pleasantly surprised that God still remains here. And that there's so much love to be had by watching my life evolve. Yeah, I think, yeah, I totally agree. I think there's so much love and curiosity, you know, um, like for all that said about the importance of like, you know, humility, (laughs) um, like as a Christian value, I think uh, to be willing to set aside what gives you a sense of security about how you see the world and be like, but what if there's more? Um, There's such a love in that to be like, if I am really willing to look at somebody who's different from what I expected um, and have a curiosity about that. um, Yeah, there is a risk to that. And I think there's a commensurate amount of love that corresponds to that as well, because Mm-hmm. Um, you're willing to, uh, you're, you care enough to be curious, to learn more. And I think that's a really beautiful thing when it happens. And yeah, that doesn't mean like you go from like zero to a hundred right away. Cause it's like, that's not how our brains work. Like you're only comfortable with what you're comfortable with, but when you're willing to take one step forward and say, Oh, tell me more. And, um, Tristan, honestly, you're one of, I think just a masterclass in asking like good questions. And that's it. I feel so cared for, like the kinds of questions that, you know, you ask sometimes, you know, unlock these things for me that, where I'm like, oh, I never had articulated how I feel about something. But, um, you know, a good question sometimes gets you like 90% of the way there. And mm-hmm. um, I think similarly for just any relationship, when there's a curiosity and a willingness to explore together, um, I think that's a beautiful thing, you know, and it can yeah, definitely be complex and messy. And there's a lot of mistakes that can be made, um, even harm that can be imparted sometimes towards each other. But um, yeah, I think there can still absolutely be a relationship. Uh, yeah. Through that. You, and this is just, uh, this is, this, you're having me reflect so much on my life right now. And I just appreciate you both for this. And it's like, okay, I just am like, I'm thinking about my mom, you know, and like, m- and now as you're sharing all this, you know, I wanted my mom to be like this day I came out to be like, oh my gosh, I love you fully for, you know, I, I just love, I love you. Like I, I love, the, the more mm-hmm. I learn about you, the more I love you more, you know, mm-hmm. and now learning, you know, that's been seven years that like, you know, my mom had 40. 50 years of just this one belief, like this was her rock, you know, Mm -hmm. and like that, 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 that strong belief wasn't just going to change the day that I shared it to her. Right. I wanted that. And I, you know, I wanted that. And I just look at these like last seven years and my mom, and I'm going to ask her after this conversation, like definitely had to ask the questions, get curious because I see how she loves me so deeply today. And, mm-hmm. and um, Jenna, you were there. Tristan, I wish you were there, but you had something something to do on, on, on my, my birthday. And like my mom was in mm-hmm. West Hollywood, you know, a queer mm-hmm. capital of the U.S. <laughs> with, with, 
wanting to be there with all my queer friends asking mm. to go to um, the Abbey, you know, a popular wow. gay a gay <laughs> club, like want, wanting to go. And I like never in, in a, a million years imagined that, you know, my mm. mom is wants to go to um, Fresno Pride and wants to go to Fresno State's Pride flag raising, you know, um, like, like all the, these things, like she's, she's interested in P flag parents and families of, mm. of lesbian and, and the gay community, like all these things happen. And it's like just th- this patience, you know, like this patience, it sort of feels like just this, this beautiful, like wave of love that mm. I'm being held in right now. And that's just been, you know, I would say the last, I don't know, four months. Yeah. And it's just like, all these things you're sharing, I'm like, oh, wow, that makes sense. I have a little more sympathy for my mom, those moments where like, because like Jenny, you just said my mom throughout this process shared so many things, like not, I don't want to say so many things, but I, I think of two instances where she said something that deeply hurt me and mm-hmm. I didn't talk to her for a certain amount of time. And I mm-hmm. talked to my mom daily and I like, we both had to sit um, in that discomfort and I, yeah. for her, it probably was a little more, I don't know what it's like to be a parent, you know, I'm just imagining, mm-hmm. but, but, but from being in that, like having to get more curious <laughs> and being like, you know, how can I still love the love of my, my son? And I'm not, I haven't asked her all those questions yet, but it's just so beautiful of just, I don't know. I've never thought I've like, I, I, you're, I'm just putting puzzle pieces together. So thank you like for helping me put puzzle pieces together and for like, for both of you as you're just more at the beginning of this and for listeners that are at the beginning, like I am seeing just gosh, this, this possibility that I never ever would imagine. And I feel just the most love that I've ever felt from, from her. And yeah, if I never would have came out, like I would have never felt this. And it yeah. just fucking amazing. I'm like sweating right now. Cause I'm just so like, <laughs> feel the, I'm so passionate about yeah. this. And I, there I'm just, I just want to hold that, that picture of hope that it's possible. And, and look, I want to, I, I, I think it'll take me and my mom time to get here, but it sounds like you and your mom are there already. Uh, one day I want to ask my mom, and I'd love to see if you'd be willing to ask your mom this sometime. Um, but I want, one day I want to ask my mom, mom, what was one of the first things that really surprised you about me um, after I came out? What were some of the things that you thought just weren't really true about a queer person? And you were like, actually, Tristan rewrote that for me. Like, that would be the one of the most healing questions. And one day I want to have that conversation with my mom and dad. Um, but it seems like you're in this really blossoming state um, with your mom. And I think that was just that question I've thought about for, for years. And I kind of want to give that to you because it, mm-hmm. it, would, it, it would be a really healing question for me. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sometime this next week, um, I'm totally going to ask her repeat, repeat the question again. What, um, what did I say? (laughs) (laughs) What, what, what were some, what were some things that as you saw me live out my quick identity, um, what were some things that surprised you? What were some things that you learned about me or about me being gay that just 
didn't fit in your in your mind before, but now has a space in there. But I think there is this like, what were you surprised about me now that you know that I'm gay? Um, mm. To actually then receive that from her, I think would mm. just be amazing. Because mm. she's looking at your life constantly and she's constantly being like, Luca is an amazing person. Oh yeah, I receive I receive that, and I'm 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 gonna do that. I'm excited. I'm excited to share with you both what she says because I know, and my mom sometimes likes to think about things, so she may not have the answer right off the bat, but I know she'll think about it and share. So I'll for sure share with you both. Um, Tristan and Jenna, this conversation, like, come on, come on. I mean, <laughs> oh. I just is my my heart is so full right now, and I know the three of us can just talk for for hours, you know. Um, but like one thing that I just want to leave the listener with, whoever whoever's listening to this at, at this moment in the in their life, I, I just you know I, I want to especially like to the allies that are listening, you know, and you know I feel that you know there there can be um, straight allies and even like. You, there can be queer allies, you know what I mean? There's ways for like, you know, a queer person to affirm another person. So I would love, we, we've shared multiple on this episode already, but I would love for each of you to share just one, one action, one action that, um, that represents allyship. So, you know, let's just say someone's listening. They're like, you know what? I want to be a better ally to my queer daughter or my queer nephew or my friend that identifies um, part of that's non-binary, you know, like I, how can I, how, what is something that I can do? So, so like Jenna, what's something that like, yeah, what, what's something that maybe someone in your life has done? And you're like, oh, I feel just so seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, please, please share something that's on your heart. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is I feel so loved when someone um, does the work of trying to educate themselves. And I think um, like one thing I really appreciated with my parents is I would send them, you know, a podcast to listen to or an article to read. And when they would engage with it, um, I felt very cared for because I could sense their desire to try to understand better, um, regardless of, you know, where their belief falls, just like that curiosity we were talking about earlier. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of well-intentioned people um, can sometimes ask uh, questions that are really um, burdensome for queer people. Um, and of course, I, I know they would never intend to be burdensome or hurtful, but um, yeah, Google's right there. <laughs> and there's like a wealth of resources now, you know, compared to even five, definitely 10 years ago. Um, so many people that have shared their stories from you know, every point on the spectrum of background. Um, like one, a huge one for me was the Queerology podcast, which, um, you know, they feature interviews with all sorts of people that live at the intersection of queerness and faith. Um, a very broad intersection, but still uh, specific enough to be very, very relevant to me. And uh, just to hear, you know, a variety of stories and how people have navigated their uh their life experiences can be so enlightening and give you so much more empathy and uh, compassion, even if you don't agree. And I think that's a, a step anyone can take. 
Yeah. Yeah. For me, the, 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 the first one that's popping up is just listening. Is just listening with an acceptance energy, you know, or ju- just because like, I mean, you know, when someone's listening and they're caring, like the judgment is like right here, the elephant in the room. And just like, even even if the judgment is coming up, but just like catch it and just like listen, j- j- just listen and uh, affirm with like with with a sentence. I want to actually play something right now. I saw this on Instagram, and you too may have seen it, but it was this beautiful. Um, I, I saw it on P Flags Fresno Instagram, and this human shares a way um, to affirm a, a child when they come out. Okay, so here here it is. When your child comes out to you as gay or trans. Don't tell them that you'll love them no matter what. Of course you do. But that's what you say to a child when they've done something wrong that didn't meet your expectations. It's what you say when they've been caught stealing a candy bar or cheating on a test. Instead, you want to say something that conveys there's nothing wrong with being LGBTQ. Instead, tell them, everything I learn about you makes me love you more. I love finding out who you are, and I'm so excited for the rest of the world to do the same. Also... Do not tell your children that you are afraid that life will be harder for them. It's not your children's responsibility to carry the weight of your fears. They'll be plenty capable of discovering fears on their own. They do not need yours, too. When a child comes out, the only emotion you need to express is joy. I mean, this human just said it so beautifully. Yeah, I remember hearing that and really wishing that my dad had heard that (laughs) before he said the things that he said, which he said those things, literally those two things, um, which I fully accepted when he said it, but also wish he had the language to, to say those things the way that she said it. And so, so for me, um, words of affirmation and quality time are two of my love language. And they're just things that like, just, it just make me feel so loved. So when, when an ally, like I think about when a family or friend, um, during pride month say like happy pride. I am, I'm so thankful for your expression, who you are, because da, 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 say something genuine. And just that makes me feel so seen. And it can be something that just so simple, you know, a genuine text, like even last year, my mom on Facebook, and I know these things seem small. And for me, they're huge. Like my mom on her, her Facebook image did a little border of a rainbow. Um, you know, I, I, I think of a coworker I was just with the other day. Um, it was the first time we were in person because of COVID Two, we had built a relationship two years virtually. And she pulled me aside and said, Luca, I just want you to know that I see you. I hear you and you are so loved. Just know that I'm in your corner. I support you as a queer human. I have other queer friends that I support. And 
I mean, a coworker does not have, she did not have to say that, but just like taking the time and saying something so intentionally with love, like she could have assumed that by the way she acts around me, that, um, she creates this safe space. You know, she could assume that, oh yeah, like, you know, I, I love who for you, who, who you are, but I need to hear that. Like, I need to not just assume like the, the power of, of language. You know, I just think about like when I go to a new town and, um, it's a town that I that I get a feeling that it's more conservative, and maybe that's me being in judgment, but I think I have the, the okay to be in that because I've been in a lot of conservative towns and been hurt by people. You know, I just – but, like, I was just in I, – I, um, as I'm on my, my freedom flight living the nomadic life, I was in a small town near Portland, and I walk into a coffee shop, and I see a queer flag. And I walk into a different grocery store and I see a, a, a like a queer, like a, um, just, just a, a sticker with the rainbow flag and just something in my nervous system relaxed because I was like, gosh, that is the sign that this is a safe space. Like uh, something about just those, those small things like that, um, are so powerful for me and I know they're there for others. So for those listening, just know that like something like that may not seem so big and you're like, oh, everyone's doing it. But just know there's people that are watching you and there's like followers on Instagram that are your family and friends and something as simple as posting something on an Instagram story that says like, shout out to all my, you know, amazing queer family. Like, I love you. Something like that. Like Mm -hmm. it does. It is speaks volumes Mm -hmm. do do you do you feel that 100 percent. like i think for like the closeted friend or kid who sees that and knows that like oh i I could potentially talk to that person like i'm not ready now but like i could talk to them Mm -hmm. um that could be the you know the difference between life and death honestly i I think luca you had previous like in a conversation we had before shared about a statistic about how if a kid has one affirming adult in their life, like the suicide rates drop, you know, like significantly. By and 40%. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I believe it. I 100% believe it. Because, um, man, just to know at least one person I could maybe talk to, like, that's a game changer, <laughs> honestly. So something that, yeah, you might see is just really small or trite or even like cheesy or whatever. Like, yeah, that could really really do something for me i think um, my one actionable step for allies is i'm going to share my favorite question and i've asked jenna this question and i probably have asked you luca this question but in the state of because we talked about being curious and and wanting to be in a uh in a poise of being surprised a really good question to ask just in general, but I think um, to ask people who are very different than you um, is what it, what is it like to be Luca? What is it like to be Jenna? Um, and just letting them, and maybe having the preface of like, okay, now that you are out, now that you have shared, now that you have are evolving, what is it like to be Luca now? Um, and I think that gives that just gives the freedom for the person who is gonna share. They just have all the power to paint whatever they want to paint, and just kind of be ready to to listen. Kind of like Lucas said, 
but that that question allows the talker to have complete power. There's no there is no preface really to that question other than I want you to paint the picture for me and I'll just take that picture and look at it and I'll try to interact with it. But Luca, you paint the picture for me. Jenna, you paint the picture for me. So what is it like to be you is a great question to remain curious and hopefully be surprised by. Oh, I like that so much because I think especially like what I always have in mind is like the conservative unaffirming Christian. And what that question does is it leaves space for them to be wherever they're at and still express like care and curiosity. You know, they may not be in a place where they feel their conscience will allow them to even consider being affirming, but that bridges the gap and allows them to still care for you the best way they know how um, without taking a stance and yeah, just caring for you. You know, I think that's really a really good question. Friends. Thank you so much for just sharing just your truth and you're just being so vulnerable and being okay with with all of this, because I feel so, I feel like a, a part of me is healed in the last, you know, few hours that we've been recording this. So just thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting us. You know, I was telling Jenna, I was like, oh man, this, this may be the first podcast that I'm on where I'm openly like gay and it's scary. Um, but this is a gift to my younger self. And I think, I'm needing to, I'm needing to do this. And then so, um, yeah, it is scary, but I think it's help. It'll be helpful for so many people, including myself. Yeah, absolutely echo that too. Like, um, knowing how hard it was for me, like, yeah, if, if anybody can like even glean a single thing that's helpful at all, then I'd be so grateful. And yeah. And it just, even for us too, like this has been, so like healing and wonderful to be able to just uh kind of articulate and uh process together so thank you guys i love you both so much Mm, i love you both too like i need to share this one of my friends was like or like actually not my friend i'm like i guess he's my friend this guy that i met on hinge (laughs) i'm like like, my friend (laughs) is that what we call them now This gentleman that I met on his was like, you know, Pete, I just, he's like, it sort of annoys me when people just throw around, I love you so much. Like, it just takes away the meaning. And I, I said, you know what? I understand because I said that. I Like a, a few years ago, I said that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, just but the, the more and more I accept myself and love myself deeper, like, gosh, it is just so much more easier for me to build like a, a loving relationship with someone else. And I have never said I love you more than I have said in the last like six months. And I'm like, you know what? It's, 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 it's genuine. <laughs> so... Yeah, I just I, I love that we just have said I love you a lot. It's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think if there's anything that I could say to, uh, I guess two groups out there, um, any parents uh, with queer children, whether they're young or adults, um, I just want to say, I, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a parent, but I imagine that. Uh, it can be terrifying, you know, you're figuring everything out for the first time um, and you 
I don't think there's any life transformation that's greater to become a parent, to become responsible for a whole human life. And I know that most of y'all out there are really just trying to do your best and uh, have so many fears, so many things uh, you don't even know how to put words to. You just know that you feel afraid um, or feel unsure. Uh, or maybe there are some things that you feel sure about and you can't imagine not being sure about what you believe to not be, to be okay or not okay. But all I would want to say is um, to echo what Tristan was saying earlier, if you can commit to curiosity and just wanting to learn more and doing whatever it takes to do that, I think, you know, wherever you fall, I think you can still have a relationship with your kid, um, a beautiful one even. Um, and, you know, how that all works out as far as like, you know, boundaries, uh, you know, all of those things, I think it doesn't have to be so complicated. Um, you can commit to, we want to be able to be in a room and share a meal together, watch movies together, um, to be able to laugh together. And we don't have to have our entire concept of, uh, you know, biblical hermeneutics all worked out right away. You know, we can um, figure it out a step at a time. And commit to doing that together and uh and be okay you know and um to any just queer I want to say kids but I mean for me I was an adult you know navigating all this any queer person out there that feels like so uh new to it all or just you know late in the game or just like desperate just trying to figure it all out um and not feeling sure if there is any viable future that's worth living um you know, one, like take all the time you need. Um, if you don't feel ready, you're not ready. That's okay. Like it's, <laughs> it's been so, so long. Um, but there will come a time where it's harder to, you know, stay closeted, to be repressing it all than to not. And when that time comes, uh, you'll know it. And there is such a world awaiting you of incredible people and incredible experiences and a lot of lessons that will be learned. You know, it's like, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's a lot of that, but you know, it's, it's still life <laughs> on this earth and, you know, mistakes will be made, lessons will be learned, but just beautiful memories will be made as well. And um, yeah, it's so worthwhile. There's so much ahead of you and um yeah, hold out for it. It's worth it. <laughs> Jenna. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. I am I'm receiving that. <laughs> I need that like a hug. I... <sighs> yeah, I needed I needed to hear that. Wow, that was just so both of you. I am just in awe of how you bring language to thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I yeah, thank you I feel guys. like my heart grew at, uh, through this conversation. Same. Same. Yes. Oh, I'm all for hearts growing. Wow. Okay. So the last question I have, and then we're done. Um. Okay. So so um, both of you close your eyes. Get real comfy wherever you are. Take a deep breath in 
through your nose, let it out through your mouth. What does it mean to live free to be? What does it mean to live freely to be who you are at your essence? So this popped up in my brain immediately. One of my favorite songs of all time, I would say my theme song forever, is actually um, I Can Go the Distance in Hercules. And the very first lines is, I have often dreamed of a far off place where a great warm welcome will be waiting for me. And I think of, I think of being the most free that I can be and being one of those people who welcome those who are seeking a place to be welcomed where they, they're meant to be. And I think to be the most free is to have the power to welcome, um, to, to be on the other side and being like, you, you, you are meant to be here. And I think to me, that is the most free to be able to have the power to welcome people. That's beautiful. Mm. Uh, what came to mind for me actually was something that you said earlier, Tristan, and you know, in the context of what we were asking of allies, like to love well by being curious. Um, I know it's so cheesy to be like, you know, if you can't love yourself, you know, you can't love others. But I think it's it's you know it's true. <laughs> like I think that same application of having curiosity for yourself. Um, in the same way that a curiosity for other people's expresses love towards them. Um, it is a love toward yourself that um, I think to me is synonymous with freedom because when you're, you're curious to explore and discover new things about yourself, um, that is freedom. You know, you're not confining yourself to a preconceived notion of who you think you should be. Um, you're, allowing wonder to kind of take the reins and you move forward into the unknown and see what you'll find. And, you know, I think people can be a lot of, be, be very like afraid of what that means. Like, is that a moral free for all? Is that just like doing whatever you want and you're a bull in a China shop? And I, I really don't see that being the case because that's not appealing to me at all. Um, if anything, I think it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to, take that risk and uh, yeah, give yourself space to figure yourself out and allow, um, yeah, to see what you'll find, <laughs> you know? Um, and who knows, uh, you might surprise yourself and you also open up the door of possibility to um, so many beautiful things that you might've not considered. And so, yeah, to me, that's what freedom is about. Let wonder take the reins. Such, yes, yes. And I love how you freaking quoted RuPaul. If you can't love yourself, how the hell can you love any of I actually know how to see exactly say it. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Is that it? <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> 
I know. I just watched RuPaul. This is my very first season watching it. So I need to watch it more to know exactly what they say. Okay. My friends, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know there are so many podcasts out there in the world. So you being here with me today means a lot. I just want you to know that. I hope something in this episode really helped you connect to your truth in a deeper way. And you're leaving this conversation just a little more clear on who you are at your essence. Let's connect on Instagram. My handle is at Luca underscore Petrucci. That's L-U-C-C-A underscore P-E-T-R-U-C-C-I. And send me a message and let me know what really hit home with you. Talk to you soon, my friend. Sending you a huge hug of love.